All right, we are going to pick up where we left off in Matthew 13 last week, and we're talking about parables. Uh, This concludes our three weeks in the parables, and I love going into parables. Like, it's so great. Like I said, I love to think of it as you walk into a warm house, you kind of sit down, you read the parable, you reread it, and uh, it changes as you, the longer you sit with it. And so this morning, we're going to kind of do something interesting, because the lectionary has for us five parables, but they're just five different parables. So we're just going to really talk about one, but I'll read all five parables and we can sit with that. Matthew 13, 31. Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that someone took and planted in his field. It's the smallest of all seeds, but when it's grown, it's the largest of all vegetable plants. It becomes a tree so that the birds in the sky come and nest in its branches. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast, which a woman took and hid in a bushel of wheat flour until the yeast had worked its way through all of the dough. Skip to 44. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that somebody hid in a field which someone else found and covered up. Full of joy, the finder sold everything and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. When he found one very precious pearl, he went and sold all that he owned and bought it. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that people threw into a lake and gathered all kinds of fish. And when it was full, they pulled it to the shore where they sat down and put the good fish together in containers. But the bad fish they threw away. That's the way it will be in the end of the present age. The angels will go out and separate the evil from the righteous. And will throw the evil ones into the burning furnace. People will be weeping and grinding their teeth. Have you understood all these things? Jesus asked. And they said to him, yes. And then he said to them, Therefore, every legal expert who has been trained as a disciple for the kingdom of heaven is like the head of a household who brings old and new things out of their treasure chest. All right, so I want to start off with a quote from Robert Capon today about parables in general, because I think it's helpful to to remember how parables function, why Jesus talks in parables. And he says this, With Jesus, the device of parabolic utterance is used not to explain explain things to people's satisfaction, but to call attention to the unsatisfactoriness of all of their previous explanations and understandings. Parables disturb us. They do something surprising, something unexpected, and we should keep that in mind. Uh, Has anybody, uh, if you'll indulge me in a little bit of Jimmy Kimmel humor this morning, has anybody ever heard of uh, dog shaming? Is anybody familiar with this phenomenon? Carmen knows what I'm talking about. All right, so dog shaming is when you you do this. People, their dogs do crazy things, right? And then people put a note and then post online and shame their dog for what they do. So this one is I eat crayons and poop rainbows. And they take this sad picture and they post it online. All right, next one. Let's see. All right, so this one, zero days since the last toilet paper massacre. Dog shaming. All right, I think we have one more. All right, my name is Fife. I love chewing. I chewed my teddy's head off and now I have to wear it. That might might be my favorite one. I don't have any. I don't have any pets, but I've I've dog. What you're surprised? 
Uh, I live in a tiny apartment. I, I don't want to have to take my, uh, take my dog down three flights of stairs so he can go to the bathroom. Anyway, we won't get into that. But I don't have any pets. But I am uh, well aware that dogs and pets in general, uh, they can kind of do some disturbing work in our lives. We invite them in, and they look so cute and innocent. And then next thing you know, you leave the room and come back, and they've destroyed everything, or at least something that then is scattered out all over the place. In parables, I think this morning, if we look at it, parables can do some similar work, hopefully within our lives. Uh, The parable of the mustard seed is what I want to focus on this morning, and it's interesting because I think most people, when they talk about this, they leave it very brief to say, well, okay, well, you know, the kingdom of God is like this small little mustard seed, which was planted in the ground, and then it became this big tree, and the kingdom of God is like that. It goes small, and then it's big, the end. But I think that is probably not the greatest explanation, and by that, I mean it's wrong. No, I'm just kidding, but yeah, it is kind of wrong. So this is a mustard tree right here. It's kind of this, like, weird, unsightly, unruly, wild thing. We have another picture of one. It gives you a little bit better. It's just looking at kind of like a big bush. They're kind of weird looking, but they're, you get the idea. They're these large sort of like sprawling, unruly bush tree things, uh, which I want to just, I wanted to show because it gives us an idea of what we're working with here. You know, it's, it's not really this pretty picture of this like gorgeous tree uh, of, of the kingdom of God. It's this very unruly sort of thing. And uh, uh, Israeli botanist, uh, Michael Zonary, uh, Zoary says this about a uh, mustard seed. He says, the mustard seed is a black seed called the sinape. It's grown in the fields to produce a sharp, tangy spice uh, from the grain. He describes it uh, as a tree with large leaves cluttered uh, mainly at the base of the plant, and its central stem branches abundantly into the upper part and produces enormous number of yellow flowers, small Uh, And today, uh, mustard bushes in Israel often grow to the height of 8 to 12 feet. So it kind of gives you an idea of what Jesus might have been talking about. And I think it's important to know whenever you have an audience, you want to think about uh, what would the original audience that Jesus is talking to, what would they they think about in their mind whenever Jesus is telling this parable? Um, But if you read the story of the mustard seed in the context of the rest of the parables in Matthew 13, we realize that the parable is, is doing something really strange because all the other parables have something really strange or disturbing or surprising about them. And I want us to suppose today that somebody were to just plant this in your yard, okay? You have a nice little garden, you have a nice little yard, and someone comes along and plants this in it. You don't know about it, they just come and they plant this. I think that's what this parable is suggesting that the kingdom of God is like. Somebody coming and planting a little mustard seed in your garden and it just disrupting everything about your yard. Yeah, it's very good. We'll see why. A small seed planted in a garden, a small mustard seed, can be very disruptive. It's very... It's strangely pervasive, though, and inviting and inclusive. The parable talks about the birds coming over and uh, nesting in its branches. And in the Old Testament, the birds would have been used uh, to symbolize. The Old Testament, what we say is the Old Testament, is just the scriptures for them. But the Old Testament would have been u- uh, used birds to symbolize the nations, everybody coming and gathering, nesting in the branches. 
Jesus is doing disruptive work with his parables. He teaches disruptive messages. Um, this week I spoke to, um, Ryan and I spoke to Mickey Scott Bay Jones. She's a Christian activist and uh, is a, she calls herself a spiritual justice doula. And she works in uh, Black Lives Matter and does a, a lot of other really great work. And we talked about how, t- she talked about how to stay resilient in what feels like incredibly chaotic cultural times. How do we continue to do this work uh, of speaking out, protesting, writing? Um, How can we do the kingdom healthy disruptive work in our world? I I would argue this morning that kingdom work is disruptive work. In a culture that has largely developed a worldview around Wall Street success, returns, academic success, that puts many people in debt, militaristic imperialism that reassures everyone that we're keeping the world safe by building border walls or increasing defense spending, in a culture that believes healthcare is a privilege for those that work hard enough, or that uh, police brutality just happens sometimes, uh, since we had someone uh, who's a prominent political figure encourage police brutality this week, Police brutality just happens sometimes. It just happens. When a world uh, that says these sorts of things uh, and says that that's just the way it has to be, kingdom work is disruptive work. It's a mustard seed planted in this culture to disrupt it and have the birds nest in its branches. Jesus was planting a tree with the seed of his life a very disruptive seed. A seed is actually a symbol of death. It's planted and gives new life. Jesus' death produced life, and in the case of the mustard seed, a wild, untamed life invites everyone to nest in the branches. Jesus' life and ministry disrupted both the religious and the political systems of his time. Jesus pissed off so many people, like everybody. He made them so mad. Yes, I said pissed off. That's why he got killed. I mean, the guy got murdered because he radically disrupted the religious and political systems of his day. The mustard seed that was Jesus' life disrupted everything and invited everyone. People rooted and grounded in love, as Paul might say, and from Jesus' death, all of us here that are sitting here are recipients of that life-changing power of God's love in communities over 2,000 years, nesting in branches all over the world. The kingdom of God going out in disruptive little ways, rippling for 2,000 years, leads us here today, which I think is our call today, to plant tiny mustard seeds in death, which have the, the potential to produce wild and untamed life that goes on and on and on. The kingdom is here. I think all of the parables communicate that message that God's work has always been going on, and Jesus is pointing it out. And it continues to go on today, and we can participate in that. We don't have to. It it lightens the pressure of all of us because we don't have to manifest something out of nothing. The kingdom is going forth. There are seeds planted everywhere, and we just have to recognize those, decide whether or not we want to participate. We must, I think, be willing to put ourselves in the other end of this parable, too, to say that we must be willing for God to disrupt us in our lives a little bit. 
to dismantle our anger, to dismantle and disrupt our resentment, to dismantle our judgments, the grudges that we hold, that God would plant those seeds, that those things might die and produce new life within us. I think of uh, this message of we don't have to do anything as makes me think of mission trips. Um, if you've ever been on a mission trip uh, or a mission trip to um, a developing nation or another country, uh, a lot of times people will go with the mindset like we're going to like take the gospel or we're going to, to bring the good news to whoever that you're visiting or, or you know, visiting in, in their culture and life. But what I think almost everybody that goes on a trip like that for the first time realizes is that the kingdom was already there. And more times than not, you're the one that's transformed. You're the one that's changed. You actually didn't take anything, but you're the one that realized that, oh, God, like, disrupted my life in a, in a beautiful way by going on this trip. So this morning, maybe, may we be willing to die to our own preconceptions, prejudices, judgments, our own anger, our own resentment, in, or, in order for a disruptive seed to be planted in our garden, in our yard. And in a world that says this is the way it has to be, may we then plant disruptive dead mustard seeds all over the place. In a culture that values some people over another, may we plant seeds that sow new life everywhere we go. And may we too allow ourselves to have the kingdom of God disrupt us with radical, inclusive love over and over and over so that everyone may nest in the branches. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your uh, disruptive seeds that have already been planted in each and every one of our lives. That we may be rooted and grounded in love. We pray that you would do that disruption within us so that we can go out with our new life and plant seeds of disruption that bring new life, grace, justice, wholeness to a broken and fragmented world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You guys can stand to your feet. It's not one thing. 
take brokenness inside 